When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. A lot of Knicks this evening, as you would expect. Donovan Mitchell not coming home to Broadway. Instead, he's going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Guess that the Cavs put forward an offer to Danny Ainge in Utah that they found a little bit better than what the Knicks were willing to surrender to bring Mitchell back home. So Knicks left to pick up the pieces and to see where and how they're going to use all of those draft choices next um as opposed to that and then he got the Mets who boy they did a heck of a nice job today outlasting the Los Angeles Dodgers winning the rubber match five to three out at City Field Clayton Kershaw was starting for um first time in a month for the Los Angeles Dodgers today and I'll tell you the Mets had him on the ropes in that first inning had the bases loaded only Got one, um, only got one run across, and then you're thinking to yourself at that time, you're like, "Geez, boy, did they miss their opportunity?" But if you realize that Kershaw, who wasn't, who hadn't pitched in about a month, who was going to be on a straight pitch count, he wasn't going to go deep into this game. You knew the Mets were going to have their chances to get at that bullpen of the Dodgers, and ultimately they did. They put a pair up in the sixth. They put a pair up in the seventh. Uh, Nimmo with a big RBI double. You had Lindor with the big knock to tie the game up. Starling Marte with a nice um, insurance, and there you go. Um, it's a victory, and the Mets are feeling good about themselves. They can enjoy the rest of the night. They can get home whenever they want to get home as far as the nightmare is traffic and all those things are concerned out there at the Grand Central with the tennis and everything that's been a nightmare in Queens. It's amazing like how much that has taken hold of the conversation over the last two days. Like the whole like like traffic nightmare. Like we had a couple of people call the show last night. I'm seeing on Twitter earlier today you got people that are tweeting directly to Steve Cohen, the owner, blaming him, <laughs> blaming him like he can do anything about it for the traffic. I mean, you got over 20,000 people on the grounds at the tennis center right across the street. You got, what, forty over 40-plus 40 thousand people at City Field to go see the Dodgers. That is a lot of humans. That is a lot of cars. That is a lot of traffic all kind of filtering into the same region necessarily. That is why it takes you a long time to get in and get out of that facility. And just, you know, a, a public service announcement. Anybody that is going to either the tennis or the Mets this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, guess what? They're both going to be there. Maybe it wasn't the best scheduling for baseball, but the Mets, baseball is not going to keep the Mets away for two weeks straight because the U.S. Open is in town. So you got to live with it for three more days, and then if you're going out to the tennis next week, you don't have to deal with the extra Mets traffic. It's just uh, tennis, no baseball for the next week. But, you know, that's what makes it fun, especially like when the Mets are good like they are right now. You know, it, it it helps matters. Like you don't like if you're a Met fan. Like yeah, it's frustrating. I get all that stuff. But ain't it better that it's happening after wins? Isn't it better that it's happening because the team is in first place? Like you kind, you're not gonna get as aggravated 
Well, aggravation only comes when your team isn't doing well. Life is great if you're a Mets fan. You know, how long has it been? But you know what? In that inning where the Mets tried to get something going, the Dodgers, you know, had this Mets had a lazy pop-up land in shallow right field. Mookie Betts was looking at it. Gavin Lux was looking at it. And it all fell between them in kind of like a little Bermuda triangle. Maybe a little uncharacteristic for the L.A. Dodgers. Call it whatever you want. But the Mets took full advantage of it. Here's the manager, Buck Showalter, saying that, you know what? You got to take advantage of the mistakes that a team makes that don't make too many of them. Well, it's hard to do against a team that doesn't make many. And, you know, we, we caught them on. You know, it's really hard to see the ball day. I mean, the 4 o'clock starts. I wish everybody could go try to play the first three or four innings. Really, after that, you're just constantly adjusting to the sunlight. It's really hard. But it's the same for both teams. But, um, you know, we took advantage of some of the mistakes that, uh, you know, were made. You know, um, pop-up goes down as a line drive. That's right. And, the, hey, in the box score tomorrow, forget about even a line drive. I mean, that could be like a one-hopper off the fence if they hold you to a single, right? In the box score, you use your own imagination as to how the ball was hit. Doesn't matter. It got the job done. And I, just, I'll, I'll admit, it was frustrating watching that first inning, right, when they were only – Kershaw walked three guys. Kershaw walked three guys in that first inning. So uncharacteristic of him. And they were only able to scratch across one lousy run. Buck Showalter, though, let's hear some more for the manager. And he says, you know what? At least if you had any doubts, it shows they could beat quality competition. You know, it's a battle. You know, every year pitches away, inches. It's just, it's just a close battle against a really good team that uh, it's good to, you know, establish that we can play with them on, on these, on these uh, what, seven games. But... Um, you know, let's, let's face it, they're in a little different mode now. They're trying to get probably some things they're doing right now that they won't do down the road. But, you know, it is what it is. They're trying to win. They've got really good players. Uh, we're able to, you know, keep some of their best players hurting us too much. So I thought it was, the key was how well we pitched for three games. You have to match their pitching, and our guys did. Now, look, it doesn't mean anything in October. It doesn't. Okay, you could be excited now, you could be giddy now, you should be giddy. But it doesn't mean anything in October. But the Mets didn't win the season series from the Dodgers. They took four out of seven. But the playoffs are a completely different ball game. And as I said a little bit earlier, all right, Mets have the easiest remaining schedule of any contender in baseball. They've got 30 games left. 24 of them are against teams with a losing record. The only games they have against clubs with a winning record, they have three in Milwaukee, September 19th, 20th, and the 21st, and the Brewers are a, a completely different team since the trade deadline when they moved on from Hayter. That rattled that room way more than they imagined it would for the worse. And then they have three in Atlanta, September 30th, October 1st, October 2nd, which you hope the division is already sewed away by then, and the games don't even matter. But, I mean, look at the next two weeks. Three at home against Washington. Three at Pittsburgh, three at Miami, three home for Chicago, four home for Pittsburgh, and then you go to Milwaukee. I, I, I mean, that's what, 20 games right there? Four, seven, 10, or 16 games? 16 games? Um, what's realistic? 
10 and 6, 11 and 5. Is that too crazy to demand that the Mets go 11 and 5 in that 16 game stretch? Maybe. Eh, we'll say 10 and 6. 10 and 6. Because then you get at least one loss in each series minimum, right? But life is good as a Met fan. Carlos Carrasco is going to make the return to the rotation on Sunday. So you get him back ahead of schedule, by the way. So it's going to be David Peterson tomorrow, Max Scherzer on Saturday, and Carlos Carrasco on Sunday. That's how the rotation is going to play itself out. So it looks like right now they're going to be going with a six-man at least the next time through because it's Peterson, Scherzer, Carrasco, Walker, DeGrom, Bassett. So give everybody at least a little bit of an extra rest, and we'll see if they look to utilize that a little bit more maybe over the final month of the season, even though pitchers hate that because they like to stay in rhythm as to what they're expected to do here. Um, Real quick, there's another tweet coming out here from Adrian Wojnarowski from Woj, a little bit bit more context on the, um, the chalks between the Jazz the Knicks with Donovan Mitchell. So Woj just tweeted that at the start of trade talks in July, New York offered Utah a Donovan Mitchell package, including R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round picks, sources tell ESPN. The Jazz turned down that offer, and Robinson signed a $60 million extension to stay with New York. See, I think that would have been too much. That would have been too much. I, I I I wouldn't have turned that down. I wouldn't have turned that one down. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have offered that. I'm sorry if I'm the Knicks. That's a lot. You know, you got the three unprotected picks, and then, oh, by the way, you're taking Mitchell Robinson, you're taking Obi Toppin, you're taking R.J. Barrett. I mean, uh, see, that almost gives me pause questioning, oh, my God, like they actually offered that. So while we're sitting here like, and the ones that want to extol the patience of Leon Rose and the Knicks, it's like, oh, well, you know, you can't have everything. You can't give them everything. There's only so many picks and so many assets you could afford to give up. Well, look at that. If that's true, think about how much they were willing to pay right there. I mean, two starters, one a potential franchise cornerstone, a popular player in Obi Toppin who gives you some minutes and some energy off the bench, and the three unprotected first-round picks? Holy moly. Does that make you feel good? Because apparently they were willing to literally give Danny Ainge the keys to Madison Square Garden and say, come here in the middle of the night and take whatever the hell you want, Danny. It's all yours. Just make sure you leave us Donovan. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Still trying to track down our pal Xavier Scruggs. If we don't get him when we come back, what we're going to do is we'll take your phone calls. We will also dive into a little bit of what the New York football giants and their brass and their brain trust had to say earlier today at East Rutherford, kind of the State of a Union address leading into the season. Dan Gross' show till 10, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Feels weird, like not having either of the baseball locals in action tonight, but... Mets win this afternoon. Yankees off. Mets will welcome in the Nats tomorrow night. Yanks down in Tampa for a pivotal, pivotal three-game series against a Rays team, which is only five back of them in the loss column in the American League East standings. Uh, go to the phones. Dino's in Staten Island. He's up next. 98.7 ESPN. Dino, what's how up? we doing tonight? Dan, what's up, my, what's up, my brother? How you feeling, man? Dino, we're feeling good. How about you? Dan, I'm disgusted. You know, we talked about a week ago. I don't know if you remember. I called you a couple of times. We talked yeah. about, we always talk Knicks basketball. And uh, it's a, Dan, you know what the Knicks are? They're that fat girl that's always a bridesmaid that just can't get a man and they always gets stuck at the altar. But that's the Knicks. We're right there. We're close, but it never happens. Dan, we got 11 first round picks in the next three years. You have the assets, you have the young players. You have the ammunition. There's a three-time All-Star. He's 25 years old. He's under contract for three more years and then a player option on the fourth year. He's a New York-born kid. It's right there for the taking. Yes. Now, it's very simple. You tell Danny Ainge, and what was reported, it's you take Fournier or Derrick Rose, obviously, to make the money work. Then you have an option of taking three young players. They can have Grimes. They, why is Grimes automatically untouchable? Since when has Grimes become the know. next Allen Houston? Don't they, know. They, come on, Dan. Are you kidding me? Let me Grimes ask you a question. Untouchable, but shoot. Let me ask you a question. Would you have made that trade, the one that Woj just reported was part of the talks in early July? Dan, Would you? Yeah. Dan, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I can believe that. To, to me, that's just coming out of left field right now. That's, Why yeah, is that I, I being mean, recorded yeah. right now? Come on. 
why is that being reported right now after all this is said and done? To me, that, that sounds a little shady to me. I, I, I don't know if I believe that the Knicks were really crazy to offer that deal. That, if that, you that, ask that, me. That, that's getting Go ahead. If you ask me, Dean, I'm going to tell you something. If that is being reported, like you said, that might be spin coming from one of the two sides, and it might be Absolutely. the side that left got left holding the bag because they're trying to save face a little bit. Absolutely, Dan. You nailed it. Of course. Come on, Dan. Dan, this is unbelievable, Dan. It's just sickening. We have all these young players. You, you're telling me, what are we going to do with 11 picks in the next three years? You can't draft 11 players. No. You, you can't. You can eventually You can eventually have to move these picks. You know? And they're not all going to work what are we out gonna either. Do? We're going to wait for the next. Yeah. Yeah. We, we gave up our 11 uh, pick this year for three first-round picks from OKC. And what do we do with them? And they're un- unprotected pick. They wanted one more unprotected pick, Dan. Give it to them, Dan. Dino, we are speaking the same language, my friend, and great to talk to you. I thank you for the phone call. The, the, the draft picks to me, the draft picks to me. See, here's the, unless, look, unless they've got intel that they're going to be able to use those to go out there and bring in even a better player than Donovan Mitchell. Like, you know, we all say, like, Donovan Mitchell's not a one. He's like a really, really good two on a championship caliber team or like a, a, a contender type team. Maybe they have some knowledge, some inside info that there's a one out there who might want to come play for the Knicks. And they're just waiting for the right time. Remember, they knew that Jalen Brunson was going to sign here before they went and did everything that they had to do to clear cap space. Did they not? So when push comes to shove, they're asking for patience. They want you to ask for, they, they want your patience as a Knicks fan. That's what the Knicks want. Right now. And it's up to you whether or not you want to give it to him. Right? Because that's what this whole thing is about anyhow. And this, uh, you know, the more and more I sit there and I try to sink my teeth into this report about, you know, this proposed deal that was turned down. I mean, are we really, really going to believe this? Like I said, if, 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 if that ever happened, if that ever happened, like fans would like be furious. And furthermore, let's just say because, like, weird things happen, right? Let's just say, like, somebody tried to put this thing out there and to get this rumor circulating and to get this, like, you know, the wheels in motion only because they wanted to maybe just gauge the fan base how they would take it. Like, well, what would you think the reception would be? It, 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 it's It's bonkers. Like, this package right here is worse than what the Knicks allegedly would not even give up today or give up to get him. I I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Subi in Midtown. He's up next. Grasa Show, 98.7 ESPN. Subi, how we doing? Hey, Dan, I was just thinking about the Knicks season coming up. You know, we're all, we all know they're going to be middle of the road at mm-hmm. best. Now, regarding the teams that they can... Hopefully they don't get hit by any buses if they're in the middle of the road. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, you know, imagine they play against, like, the Utah Jazz and, like, are having a tough time. I mean, the Utah Jazz got a got quite a haul from the Cavs. So was, was the fact that the matter that the Jazz offer um, or the Cavs offer was just so much better than the Knicks offer? Could that be the case? And if that's the case, what does that say about the Knicks, the fact that 
you know, R.J. Barrett and some of these other players aren't even good enough to get Donovan Mitchell. I think that well, could be true as well. Well, the Knicks didn't want to give up to R.J. Barrett. I mean, remember, they didn't – in any trade, Subi, remember, teams are going to try to hold on to as much as they possibly can. Like, they're not just going to open the door and say, okay, here, take what you want. That's not how this thing works. Cleveland, on the other hand, where they were, they felt that Sexton, as a guy who's already, you know, had some injury concerns – and that they were able to, you know, be part, make him part of a sign-in trade to send over there. Sexton had value because he wasn't making a ton of money to Utah. Markinen was a guy who's still a very productive player and doesn't break the bank necessarily. And Abaji is essentially like getting another draft pick for the Jazz because he hasn't played a game yet in the NBA. They got three unprotected picks from Cleveland. Apparently, Leon Rose and company didn't even want to go to three. They only wanted to yeah. offer as many as two. So then those veteran players, well, I say veteran, even though Abaji's a rookie, but the veteran players then that maybe Utah wanted to take off the Knicks roster, whether it was uh, some combination of Obi, Quentin Grimes, you know, Fournier, whoever, Cleveland, th- or excuse me, Utah thought the Cleveland package was a little bit better. And I would probably agree. I, th- those are decent players that Utah's getting back already. It's not going to cripple them salary cap-wise. They get all their draft choices. And I guess as time wore on with the conversations, the Knicks decided, you know what? Maybe we're not going to be as generous in what our offer is going to be, and that's why they didn't get their guy. You can agree with the approach. You could disagree with the approach. Me, I would have liked to have seen it get done because I don't believe all these ludicrous rumors out there that it had to be all these players, all these picks. They could have found middle ground. Well, do you think that if the Knicks are like an eighth or ninth seed or below and halfway through the season that they're going to – they can even – trade R.J. Barrett and get something in return from him? I mean, They're not going to trade. I mean, they just signed him, Subi. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to trade him. You have to tank. Or the Knicks fans have to boycott the Madison Square Garden. No, I don't. I mean, Subi, that's not the way to go. And thanks for the phone call. I mean, look, I understand you're frustrated. R.J.'s not getting traded. I know it's possible that he could get traded, but remember, you have that poison pill in the contract. That doesn't eradicate itself until July 1st of next year, which makes it impossible for him to trade. Remember, the the outgoing salary in an RJ trade over uh, up until July 1st the way it works is the outgoing salary would pale in comparison to what whatever team you're trading him to what that incoming salary would be for that club it would just like exponentially grow they didn't sign RJ to trade him i said this the other night when we found out about it i don't believe they signed RJ Barrett to then turn around and trade him one day You could bring in another player who's really, really good, who's Donovan Mitchell level or better with all those draft picks, the assets, and even with some of the young talent they have on this team and keep the core together. And when you talk about the core, it's RJ, it's Brunson, it's Randall, and that's it. Are we including Mitchell Robinson in the the core? I don't think he can. You know, he's the center, right? I still think right now, like, you know, the three guys on the cover of the yearbook, the media guide this year, it's going to be Randall, RJ, Brunson. But if the Knicks want to get better and if they want to start challenging in the Eastern Conference, you're going to need to add a fourth guy. Who's he going to be? Who's that guy going to be? As I said, identify a disgruntled star on another team in the NBA. It's not going to be Dame Lillard, at least not now. Portland signed him. He's sticking around for a little bit, but that's not going to have happily ever after. You know, it's, it's nice in theory, 
but they're not winning out there. You know that. You know that. I know that. They're not winning. I like the fact that he wants to stick around and he wants to be a good team guy and, you know, the team that drafted me, all those. He's not winning out there. They came close when they got to the conference finals a few years ago. It's, it, I, it's just not going to happen. And I think that there is going to come a realization, whether it's from him, the organization, and this might be like two, three years down the road where they're going to be like, all right, it's not working. Let, let's, let's blow this thing up. Because it happened already once before. Remember last summer, all that drama about Lillard, whether or not he was going to be on the team? And maybe it's time to go, and he was getting frustrated with stuff, and they fired the coach, and they fired this guy. It, it's going to happen again. But you don't want to wait around two, three years. There will be another player that rears its head before then. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Now, we come back. Little Giant football. Giants were busy today. Made a move which took some by surprise. Others, not so much. But more importantly, you had Brian Dayball and Joe Shane meet the media and offer their State of the Union of what they expect from this club a week or so before it kicks off for real. We'll talk a little big blue football. Dan Grasso till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, Out-of-town scoreboard real quick as far as the baseball is concerned here for our locals. Spencer Strider, the rookie pitcher for the Braves, well, he's in command tonight against the Rockies. How about 16 strikeouts? For the Braves righty, they have a 3-0 lead in the bottom of the eighth against the Rockies, so three outs away from winning and then keeping pace with the Mets. Uh, just three back they would be once again in that division. But as we told you, Mets schedule exponentially easier than any other team in baseball, much less the Braves who have some tricky spots that they have to navigate through. I feel good about the Mets' chances of, of, of winning this division. Really and truly do. And um, despite everything that's going on with the Yankees right now, I, I, I think that they'll be okay and find a way to hold off the Rays, Toronto, whoever you want to say in that American League East, and we'll get their act together. How do I feel about them in the playoffs? Well, different story for another time, as we know. It's it's a weird feeling, too, because we were just talking during the break. Like, tonight, this Thursday night, you know, you got a few college football games tonight, a couple of good ones, actually, this time around. But this is always traditionally... That night where you have the – back when we had the four preseason games, this was the last preseason game, the Thursday night going into Labor Day weekend, and this would be the game where nobody plays. But we don't have that anymore, which is fine. Glad that it's over with, but it's just uh, it's still hard to shake when you're talking about those things. What's going to be hard to shake this year is the Giants and their salary cap woes because really that's what hamstrung them more than anything else during the offseason, one that – as we know, was not very active because there was only so many things that Joe Shane and Brian Dable were able to orchestrate given the mess that Dave Gettleman left them uh, on his way out the door. And so much so, um, even though this one doesn't necessarily fall into that category as a, a, a you know cap cut, a couple hours ago they got rid of Blake Martinez. Now, Blake Martinez was a guy that, you know, a couple of years ago had a real, real good season, durable, every-down player for the Giants, 
defensive signal caller, all those things under Joe Judge and company. Last year, he suffered an injury with the ACL, and he only played a few games. And, you know, he was behind the eight ball a little bit, and when you have the change in the coaching staff, you have a new scheme, new system, and for whatever reason, it just it, – it, he didn't mesh with this new group. You know, Giants announced their captains the other day. Remember, they have like 15 captains. Blake Martinez wasn't one of those guys. Um, was not the defensive signal caller. They gave that role to uh, Xavier McKinney. So between the comeback from the injury – change that took place in the organization new defense and the new scheme they just felt maybe it's time to you know move on from martinez now he restructured his contract that's why i said it wasn't necessarily a cap cut because that only saves him like 1.2 or something like that it's not anything really significant you're not even going to know it's there so you're not dumping salary necessarily hopefully he can land someplace else what it does do is it creates a lot of not exactly quality depth as far as the Giants inside linebacker positions go, you know, you got Tay Crowder there. You're going to turn the reins over to Micah McFadden. You know, he's a rookie. You know, mid-round pick, guy who hasn't played an NFL game yet. Is that the direction that the Giants are willing to go there on the defense? We'll see, because I actually think the Giants' defense this year could be halfway decent. You know, if those guys can stay healthy, and I know that both of your edges right now with Ojolari and, and Kayvon, they're banged up a little bit. You hope that they're ready to go come week one against the Tennessee Titans, but you just don't know exactly where you're at. So I thought when Joe Shane and Brian Dayball met the media today, I thought that they were pretty realistic. Um, I thought that they really pulled no punches. And, you know, Joe Shane especially was saying, hey, guys, look, we don't have a lot of salary cap space to work with. It's going to take a year for us to sift through all this. We'll have a little bit more flexibility next offseason, and we can begin to bring in the players that we hope are going to be part of this turnaround and part of this solution for this team. And, you know, it, 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 as I've been saying, and we were even talking about it, I think, last night or the night before, this season is not so much about wins for the Giants. It's about instilling a program, implementing a culture, figuring out who's going to be here for the long run, who's not going to be here for the long run. But, General Manager still touched on a few things. Joe Shane, here he is talking about what the expectations are for one, Daniel Jones. Yeah, again, I'm not going to get into the expectations, but I'm, I'm happy where he is. Um, I think you guys saw the game, the two preseason games he played in. I think he played well. Um, you guys were here for the Jets practice. I think he performed well in the Jets practice. So, again, I know... Uh, you know, some people are getting on him, you know, early on. And again, it's, you know, Wink's defense and he's sending people from left field and we're not game planning for that. So uh, while he's also trying to, you know, be on the same page with some of the receivers. So I, I'm in a, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think Daniel's in a good place. I'm, I'm happy where he is. And, but again, we all know everybody's got to go perform on Sundays and that's, that's when the evaluations will really start. What are you most proud of with the roster construction? Yeah, I think a big thing when you come in as, as a new regime is, you know, you're, you're trying to uh, set the culture how you want the culture to look. So, you know, physically or depth at a position, whatever it may be, I think what I'm most proud of is, you know, a lot of the players that we brought in in terms of, you know, who they are as people and how we want to do things, work ethic, you know, smart, tough, and dependable that he talks about, Dave's talks about, we all talk about throughout the building. So whether it's our rookie class or a few of the free agents that we signed or some of the VSB deals, um, there's some guys that just arrived in March that got votes for captain. So, you know, we're proud of that. You know, again, they're, they're helping us set the foundation for, for where we want to go and how we want to build the roster. 
The Giants might have just overordered too many of those C's, like the captain C's, the patches that they sew onto the jersey, so they had to get rid of them. That's why they elected 10 captains this year. I don't know. Maybe there's like an expiration date on the C. I don't know. But uh, it's kind of odd either way. Um, but one of the other themes about camp was guys that are banged up, guys that are injured. Why have there been so many injuries, Joe? Yeah, again, it's, it's football. Injuries are going to happen. Um, we're always evaluating every, every part of the process. But, you know, again, it's, you know, concussions are going to happen. It's a contact sport. You're going to have, um, you know, muscle strains. You know, it happens every year. And, you know, we, we can evaluate it and, and look at it. But, again, th those things are going to happen. I mean, it's no matter where you are, we've been at, you know, 21 years, 22 years. There's injuries every training camp. It is what it is, but we're going to continue to evaluate it. I mean, we had a guy get a, a concussion, and they both had the guardian caps on. Like, you know, what, what are we, you know, there's not, not a lot we can do about that. You know, we're trying to be as safe as we can in a situation like that, but it still happens. So, um, but we'll continue to evaluate it. If there's something that we can do better, we'll find a way to do it better. I thought this was interesting because, you know, Kenny Galladay's theme is, or name has been brought up a lot this week. You know, he didn't exactly have a stellar preseason. He didn't really look all that good, certainly in the game against the Jets and that play where he wasn't really that into blocking on one of those downfield runs went viral a little bit there. So how is Kenny Galladay? He's good. He's come to work every day. Um, great kid, works hard, um, knows his assignments. I, I don't think he missed a practice. I mean, he's been available. Um, other than spring, he had a little procedure, but, uh, you know, he's been, he's been good. See that little part there about the procedure? So Kenny Galladay had a procedure during the offseason, which maybe explains a little bit why he was less than 100% during camp. I mean, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, they seem to think that he's A-OK, -okay, but the games are going to tell the real story once we get to going a week from Sunday, of course. Lastly, question was asked in regards to last year's number one pick and a guy who's been nicked up a little bit, Kadarius Tony. How much do you know what, what to expect from him? Can you, do you have like expectations of, of what you can expect? The reality is he had trouble staying on the field last year, didn't practice in the spring. Now he spent a lot of the summer not playing, didn't, didn't get in a preseason game. So yeah, where, I'm excited where you... to see Kadarius. I mean, again, he didn't play any preseason games, so I'm excited to see him get on the field in a game and a you know, meaningful opportunity and, and you know, know the playbook and make plays. That was our Jordan Renan, of course, asking the question there. Jordan's on top of everything, as you would expect. Um, so that's Joe Shane. And lastly, here's Brian Dayball, how he would evaluate what a successful season would be for a quarterback. Everything. Uh, you know, your, your performance, your preparation. Again, the job of a quarterback on a team is to lead his team down and score points. Stats are great percentage, completion percentage, all those type of things. But the biggest thing is, can you make the right decision under pressure? I'm not saying, you know, five-man pressure. Just as the game goes out, the situation that you're in and make the right decisions for the offense and, and lead them down to, to score points. That's It's everybody's job to do that, but the quarterback touches the ball on every play. Look, we're not going to sit here and make excuses. And, and realistically, I don't know what you can expect for this Giants team to do this year. Dave Gettleman left them a mess. And even if you're a Giant fan and the most diehard of fans, you have to acknowledge how bad it was. What did they win, 22 games or something over the last five years? It has been a nightmarish run. As bad as it's been in, in almost forever. So much so that, you know, we brought up James Bradbury the other night. They had to cut James Bradbury 
one of their best players because they knew that the rest of the league already caught on to the fact that the Giants were in such cap hell that they wouldn't even have to offer anything to trade for James Bradbury because the Giants would be left with no choice but to cut him. So they could sign their darn draft choices. That is how awful a job the previous regime did. Awful. And Bradbury, cut by the Giants, signs with a rival in the Philadelphia Eagles to make matters worse. These guys are going to need a year to at least begin to turn this roster over. And then they're probably going to need another year after that for those guys to come into place. Remember, Jets are one year ahead of the Giants in this whole process. Actually, a couple of years, to be quite honest with you. If you want to talk about, like, tearing down the roster, like, that's Joe Douglas has had how many turns now? How many off-seasons, right, to get this thing going? Going into 20, 21, and 22. He's had three off-seasons. Joe Shane's had one, and he's had no flexibility to work with whatsoever. None. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.